Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Joshua Gerstel with the Orchard Practice. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Gary. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, for joining us this morning. So, Josh, tell us some about you. So, I'm a chartered financial planner. I'm based in Borehamwood, which is in the UK, just on the outskirts of uh, London. And um, I'm excited to be chatting to you today. So explain to us, you said that you're a, a chartered advisor. So what, is, what does that mean? So in the UK, we probably have different terms for the, the positions and the qualifications. Okay. So you can be a financial advisor in the UK. Okay. And as a chartered financial planner, it means I've got a higher level of qualification. Okay, great. So... Um, Tell us kind of how, how you got where, where you're at now, because obviously, you, you know, you didn't, um, when, I should say, obviously, when you first uh, came out of school, you didn't go straight into, uh, into the finance field. What, what did you do before? Correct. So when I finished uh, school, when I finished university, I didn't know what I wanted to do and ended up uh, training as an accountant. Mm-hmm. So I, wor- I worked for a firm called Deloitte, which I believe you've got in the States as well as the UK. Yes. And um, I did my accountancy qualification, which takes three years over here, uh, qualified as a chartered accountant. And then after about five years, decided it wasn't for me. I was happy at the firm and, and the work was OK, but I realized it's not what I wanted to do long term. Right. And I looked at the, the partners, the seniors and thought, well, you know what, they own a great living and that would be nice, but I didn't want to do the work they want to do long-term. I wanted to have a, a balance between something I thought I'd enjoy and something that hopefully would be financially rewarding. And what I like doing, I like finance, I like helping people, and I wanted to help real people with their real financial issues and aspirations, as opposed to what I was doing there, which was working with these sort of huge multi-million, multi-billion pound organizations are not really getting the personal side of it right so looked around spoke to a few different people 
and um, realized that financial advice and financial planning was the route I wanted to, to take. That's, that's great. Um, so I guess what, what is it? I mean, you know, you say that that's the, the route that you wanted to take. What is it about it that, that kind of gets you fired up in the morning when you wake up to want to wanna get in the office and, and work with these people? I, I enjoy the personal side of it, the social side of it. So I'll, I'll meet with a, a client, a family. It might be I'll sit with, sit with you, Gary, and I'll, I'll try and understand a bit about you and where, you are, where you've come from, where you're heading and what you're trying to achieve. And I found, I found over the years that most, most clients um, who haven't had any financial advice before or the right type of financial advice just sort of are going through the motions, just are, are getting on with it blissfully unaware. And they don't know um, how long their money's gonna last. Do they need to be earning more? Do they need to be spending less? What age they're going to, they should be retiring? Can they afford to move to the next property? And I like getting to know these people and understand these issues and aspirations and helping them, helping them achieve them. Right. So, you know, you had the accounting background first before you came into the finance. How is that that accounting background helped you on on the finance side of things? I think it's been a, a real help for a few reasons. One of them, uh, because I had the accounting qualification, I didn't have to sit some of the exams for the financial advice qualification. So that that was a great uh, start. But I think it just gave me a general background and understanding about money about taxes about balancing the books that some financial advisors and and uh, i don't mean to say this disrespectfully because there's a lot of fantastic ones out there but some of them it's all about product sales and, and pushing things onto clients right but i think with the accounting background it helps me work out well, what do people actually need and want yeah i think i think that that's a a, a big issue um and, and I've had other guests on that we've really talked about that in the fact that some, um, you know, again, there's bad professionals in, in, in every walk of life, but some want to push the product and it's more about them and not so much about, about the client. Um, and I think that, you know, you having the, the, the accounting and tax background definitely helps you um, be more well-rounded. Um, than some others that are just, like you said, that are just pushing the product. Yeah, and the, and the only problem is nowadays when clients ask me an accounting question, I say, I don't know anymore. I haven't right. done that for 10 years, I'm not sure. <laughs> but that's okay. That's that's what I'm for. Um, yeah. And that's where, you know, uh, going back, I'm, I'm always talking about the team approach and things like that in that, um, you know, yes, I know a lot about, uh, you know, investing money and, and finances and stuff, but I don't give any advice on that. That's that's what you guys are there for. I handle the the tax and accounting side, and then we, you know, everybody has their their attorneys and stuff like that. And I think it's important to make sure that you have that team working together. Because, like you said, you don't remember it anymore. You've been been doing the financial planning side of things for what ten years now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so because of that, it's you know, if you haven't been doing something for for ten years, you're not going to remember everything. That's for sure. <laughs> so. What go back in time now? So, what is it that you know now you wish you knew when you first started out? I think 
the most important thing I wish I would have known was that not every single person that walks through the door has to become a client. I think I felt at first that if someone was contacting me, put in touch with me, introduced, whatever it was, if someone was coming to see me, I was going to see them, I had to find a way to help them and make them become a client. And probably in the very early days I did because I had to build up a client base to earn a living. If I didn't have clients, I couldn't, couldn't pay the bills. But once I'd got over that initial, that initial hurdle, I think um, I wish I would have known that I don't need to waste time on people that aren't nice. You know, it, life's too short. And some clients, you know, the minute you meet them, they're going to be a pain in the backside. <laughs> and actually, you're going to be better off saying, I'm not, I don't think we're the right people for you, or we might not be able to give you the best advice for your circumstances. Why don't you go and speak to so-and-so? Um, and I think I would have liked to have known that rather than waste time on people that were just going to cause me aggravation and, and sleepless nights um, and money. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I wish that um, somebody had given me that advice also back back when I first started, because I know I was the same way. You got to get the money in the door type thing. Um, and for our listeners, it's also important to understand that just because somebody referred you to their financial advisor and they're really happy with them doesn't mean that you're going to be. And sometimes the, the personalities and things like that just don't just don't mesh. So yeah. it's okay to to say, hey, I think you're a great person, but I just don't think we're going to be able to work well together. That's right. It's okay. And uh, there's a there's a financial side to it as well, because um, at first, as I said, I take on any client and they, I might have been paid in pounds, 50 pounds, I don't know, $30 a year for the service, where really it, it, that's that's just not sustainable. You know? so, so we introduced over over the years sort of a, uh, a minimum asset level, which gradually creeps up because it's not fair on either side. If, if someone is uh, not paying your going rate, let's say it's not fair on them. They might not get the service they need. It's not fair on your other clients who are subsidizing. Them. Right. Right. And then sometimes even you have those people that are paying the, paying the low amount are causing, you know, 80% of your headaches. And it's yep. just, you know, for, for the, the quality of life, it's just, it's just not there sometimes. Yeah. So what are some of the questions that, that when new clients are coming into you that you wish that they would ask you, but they don't? I think sometimes people are very focused on the, the product side of it, the investments, the returns, and I think what I try and get people to focus on and what they sh I think they should be asking is things like, how are you going to make sure I'm always on track? Mm -hmm. um, am I going to be able to do the things I want to do when I get to a certain age or, or now? Um, what experience, what qualifications do you have? And rather than sometimes it's, well, tell me what percentage return did your clients get last year and, and things like that, which are important, but they're only a small part of the bigger picture. Right. I think that, you know, and lots of times, you know, this is something that I, that I hear and I always try to, to, to help correct people. It's like, well, my next door neighbor's telling me that they're getting a 10% return on their money. 
and I try to explain to them, it's like, well, that's in their situation. Their, their risk tolerance may be way, way higher than yours, you know, type thing. Um, I always joke and say, it's like, you know, your buddy goes to the casino and, and is gambling and they tell you about all the wins, but they don't tell you about the losses. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's really got to look at, you know, you, you, it's everybody is different. Yeah, that's right. Everyone's playing a different game. Right. Um, what are some of the biggest fears that, that your clients have right now? I think um, some common things that come up are, am I going to have enough money to live the life I want to live? Right. So I know I can pay my way now, but am I going to be able to do that forever? Um, will my family be okay if something happens to me? So if I, God forbid, die, if I'm seriously ill, are we going to be, o be okay? And, you know, that, that's, that's the type of thing that we, that's why we're here to help to answer those questions. And, and if the answer is not a positive one, it's to, it's to make changes and put things in place so that it is a positive answer. So we'll do maybe, uh, we'll do lifetime cash flow modeling for people to say, you've asked, are you going to have enough money? Well, no, you're not if you carry on as you are. But if we put away X amount a month, you'll be absolutely fine. Um, you asked if you're going to be okay if, if you're ill and you can't work. You're not, but let's put an insurance policy in place. And if that does happen, you will be. So it's trying to give people comfort but we're always going to be realistic we're not just going to say yeah don't worry you're fine um just so they think we're great if something's not right for them we'll tell them and we'll make the changes we need to right um i mean i, I think it's you know you're touching on a good topic there i think lots of times um people think that okay once you put that plan together and then okay i'm set and it's like well no that it, it kind of changes just like your life changes and depends on, on what happens. And, you know, if we have a pandemic, like we're, you know, like we have, and, you know, how does that affect my cash flow and, and things like that? So it's important for people to understand that, you know, plans change. And, you know, like you said, you, you run the, the analysis and you make the tweaks as you go. Um, how often do you guys um, meet with your clients? So with our um, financial planning clients, we'll have a, an annual planning meeting. Okay. We call it an annual planning meeting rather than an annual review meeting because we always want to look forwards and, and right. update the plan. But we'll speak to people during the year. If things need doing, we'll do it. Um, we're not the type of people that will do things for the sake of it so clients think they're getting value. I say to clients, the less you hear from us during the year, the better. It means things are okay and we're, we're on track. And if there is something that we need to do, we'll get in touch and we'll deal with it. Otherwise, we'll, we'll see you in a year's time. Right. So what, what are the some of the common mistakes that you see clients making? I think um, a common one, I would say, is people leaving it too late to start doing something. Okay. So ideally, if you start planning in your 20s, you know, once you finish school and enter the workforce, it makes life much easier because rather than having to put away a huge amount each month to be able to afford your home or your retirement or whatever it is, you can do a, a small bit. If you wait till you're in your 50s or 60s, there's going to 
and you've only got a few uh, a few years left, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Right. I think another common mistake, and this is becoming more more regular, is the clients that say, um, "I had a bit of a, a gamble. I had a bit of a punt on the stock market in shares and equities, and and it didn't work out." And I say, "Well, that's that's normally what happens if you don't know what you're doing." it's very difficult and it's people that it's it's sensible clever people it's intelligent people who might be putting thousands of pounds into these shares just on a a whim my friend told me this or i read something in the paper and and making sort of 30 year life decisions on 30 minutes of news and once you've lost that money you can't just magically get it back and i say to people don't you know why, why why risk it leave it to the professionals that doesn't necessarily mean us but there's fund managers that will that will, that will know what they're doing and invest your money and that's uh, over the pandemic was becoming more of an issue with people at home time on their hands in front of their computers uh spending their money right so i mean that's a to me that's a great example of why it's important to use a professional like you to, to help with this yeah can you give us some other reasons why um using a professional um is going to help you in your success yeah it's we're here to make sure people don't make the big mistakes so you can you can do things yourself and as long as you don't make the big mistakes, you might you might be okay. You won't know because you're not planning properly, but you might be. So we do this all day, every day, like you do what you do all day, every day. So we, we see all the things that go wrong. And whilst every day is a school day and we're still learning, we're, we're going to be more knowledgeable than someone that's not, not doing this. So one impulsive action, like... Uh, when you hear news of the pandemic and, and you see the markets have dropped 40%, one impulsive action like selling out of all your shares, that could ruin you for the next 30, 40 years. And what we did was when, um, when the pandemic started, we called every single client, firstly, to make sure they were okay and healthy, but secondly, to say, just pause, relax. Yes, there's something bad has happened. But that doesn't mean we change the plan. We've got a plan and we stick to it. And next year, there'll be some different bad news. Last year, we had different bad news. And we had Brexit, which impact the markets. Mm-hmm. You, have, you go back to 2008. There's always something. And uh, that, that will be okay. Just relax. Yeah, I think, I think that um, I know from the accounting side of, and tax side of things, lots of times, um, you know, we, we talk to people and it's, and it's more to kind of ease their, um, their concerns and their angst about, you know, what's going on. Um, I guess it kind of goes back to the, the old saying about, you know, um, you know, control, control the things you can't control. Don't try to control the things that you can't. Um, and I, and I think that that's, you know, something and, you know, important, um, and just having that voice of reassurance there. That, okay, everything's going to be okay. You know, we put together a plan. Let's just stick with with our plan, and we'll we'll come out. You know, on the good side of things. Um, you know, because you you have had the accounting background and 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 finance now for for quite a number of years. What is something that you've learned with either profession um, 
this kind of, you know, really stuck with you that you kind of practice on a daily basis now? I would say that um, the most important thing is to listen. Mm. Every client is different. And if you go into a meeting or a conversation with these preconceived ideas about them, their circumstances or, or what they need, it's going to be wrong. I remember very early on, I, I went to see someone to arrange a mortgage for a house purchase. And um, I, I can't remember exactly what came up in the conversation about their existing property, but I assumed that they had a mortgage on their existing property. And it was an awkward point where they had to say, well, actually, we own this outright. We've had enough money to, to pay for it. With, with cash and it was just a, a few seconds where it was awkward but it made me realize that don't ne never assume anything listen to what the client's going to say and you'll be able to give them the best advice based on that same with the on the the bigger financial planning side don't assume someone wants to retire at 65 don't assume that they um want to spend uh, the same money now that they do in retirement it listen to them, let them tell their story and, and then you can give them the best advice. Right. I mean, I think that that's, that that's definitely a, a very important thing for anybody in any uh, profession that they have, you know, kind of sit back and listen. Um, because if, you, if you're talking, you can't hear what the person is saying that they really need and what they really want. And I think that that's something that, that's extremely important um, is, is to hear what our clients um, have to say and, and what, they're, what they're actually looking for. And I know some advisors, when they have a meeting with a, a client, they, they don't take any notes. So I, I write notes when I'm, when I'm chatting, but even that you're then taking away from the, the conversation. And some people have a, um, a colleague in the meeting with them who's doing all the writing. So they can focus on the client and the conversation and then the colleague is just making all the notes, and it's 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 probably not a bad way to uh, to go. Yeah, I've I, one of the things that that I've done this past year, lots of times, is when I have because because so much of our meetings were virtual through Zoom, and um, so many times I would you know ask the client, "Do you mind if I record this?" Um, and then go you know get through it, and then go back and you know make my notes and stuff like that because. You know, that's a prime example, because if I'm writing, then sometimes it does take away my focus and I lose my train of thought um, and, and as we're going through. So um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do now that we're getting back to in-person yeah. meetings and stuff. So, you know, my memory is not what it used to be. Did you find when you went back or when you go back and watch the recordings that you pick up on things that you didn't? Yes. When you were chatting? Yes. Yeah. And in. And, and, some of it, it's, it was funny because some of it, um, especially if I'm dealing with a couple um, or, or business partners, seeing one of the person's face that I didn't catch when somebody made a comment. And then that helps me because then I go back and I follow up with that, that person and say, okay, hey, look, you know, we were talking about this and you had a look on your face that was uh, like you, you weren't too happy about it type thing. And then we can, you know, flush more out. Um, and if I'm doing this, you're not able to see their face. 
yeah um, and see those expressions so yeah it's 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 definitely been helpful um so i'm like i said i'm not sure what what um you know we started uh, in-person meetings a week ago okay. um so you know some people still want the zoom so we're going to continue doing you know offering that also um, yeah i think that's one of the things that with with this pandemic and everything that we've had is is that it's made people think more outside the box um we've been lucky we were doing zoom before all of this happened just because we have clients that aren't local to us um and i i think that people now feel more comfortable with them and realize it's like okay if i leave the office at five i can't get to your place until maybe six you know type thing now it's like okay i'm done at five i can get on zoom at five o'clock with you and we have our 15, 20 minutes, maybe, you know, half hour to an hour, and that's it. And we don't have to worry about all the commuting time. Um, yeah. So I think people are finding it, it's, it's a little bit more useful than, than they originally thought. Um, talking about, you know, this and, you know, for us, pandemic, um, I don't want to say it's over, but it seems to be, um, you know, people are, are, are a little bit more, um, willing to meet face to face uh, than they were before. What are um, what are your guys' plans moving forward when it comes to all of this? So we started over the last month or so to have face to face meetings again in okay. the office, and uh, we're, we're giving people the choice. So you can have face to face, you can have Zoom, whatever you as an individual prefer. I much prefer the in-person face-to-face meetings. I think one of the, the biggest challenges over the last year and a half has been with new clients to build that relationship and that rapport through a camera and a screen. And with, with existing clients, when you're having your sort of uh, planning meetings and your catch-ups, it's fine because you've met them in the past. But for new people, I think it's much harder. And from a a personal point of view, I found that difficult. Um, I don't know why. I think I'm I'm better in person than on the than on the screen. I've had to I've had to work. I've had to sort of uh, try and think about how I can be more engaging on the camera. But it's, even the things like you said about it, when you're in person writing notes. If I'm on the camera and if I'm making notes it's harder i can't see what's going on whereas in a meeting you can you can still glance out your eyes at people so we're we're going to get back to as much face-to-face as possible but where it's appropriate if people are far away whatever it may be then great we'll do uh we'll do a zoom meeting yeah i think i think sometimes too especially for 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 new clients that you've never met before type thing I think meeting them in person and having that handshake with them, you know, makes a, makes a difference too. It does. And, and f- with what we do and, and what you do, people are trusting their, their life savings to us. Uh, and if it was me doing, trusting someone else with mine, I'd, I'd want to look in their eyes and, and shake their hands. Oh yeah, exactly. I agree with you. So we've covered a bunch of material so far. Um, what have I not asked you that you wish I had? Um, probably what would I wish you have asked where I, where the future will take me, what, what my plans are for the future. Okay. Um, I don't know the answer, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, 
if I, if I take a step back and I said, when I started, I needed to see any, everyone and everyone just to get going and to earn a living. And then it's got a bit more sensible, a bit more process driven over the years. And I'm at a point now where I'm, I wouldn't say I'm at a crossroads, but I need to, at, at some point in the, in the near future, decide, do I want to keep um, organically growing and, and uh, developing the business and having it in a, a nice lifestyle like I do now? Or do I want to really expand and take it off and make it a, a beast? let's say right. and that's something i'm contemplating at the moment i don't know the answer yet because there's there's pros and cons to right. to both um but that, yeah that's probably uh that's what's on my mind at the moment gotcha that's uh, that 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 is definitely one of those uh things that it's going to take you know take you time and you know may, maybe one morning you wake up and it's like yep i'm doing it or nope i've decided not to um and and find you know making sure that you have that that work home family balance uh is important too because it can be great that you have this big beast and it's running perfectly and everything else but you know um when you have little ones at home you want to you want to see them grow up and it's hard to do Definitely. it when you have the big beast um yeah. that you have to keep feeding all the time and that's one of the things i i learned over the the pandemic is how important the family time is I was, I've got four young kids and I was at home more, much more over the, the pandemic. And I changed my working hours based on that. I used to work uh, from sort of half eight, nine o'clock in the morning until 7.30 in the evenings. And I decided, okay, I'm now nine o'clock. Once it comes to 5.30 or as close to that as possible, I'm going home, I'm having dinner with the kids, I'm putting them to bed. It's great. It's much, yeah. life's, life's more enjoyable now. Yeah. Probably, probably a little bit less stress also. Definitely. So, Josh, if, if, you know, our listeners like what they've heard and they really want to reach out to you and talk to you, um, how can they reach you? So there's a few ways people could reach me. They could um, connect with me on LinkedIn, if they like. They could look me up on Twitter, which is at Josh Gersler. I also have a... Uh, a podcast, not nowhere near as successful as yours. But uh, a friend and I do a uh, a podcast called In for a Penny, so people could have a listen uh, on that, and or on the company website, which is topfs.co.uk. I really appreciate your time today. It's been great talking with you. Um, I wish you all the luck, and uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Gary. Sure. So today our guest was Joshua Gersler with the uh, Orchard Practice. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>